this fucking Google, Julie. Why wouldn't a search be included? That's what makes us a great duo. Yes. One of us listens, one of us doesn't. Exactly. (laughs) Sometimes scary, but always fun. (laughs) Yeah, you're never sure if you should take your hands off and put them up in the air or hang on tight. Uh, Read my fucking headline, Bozo the Clown. I'm already a best-selling author. Welcome to Defeat the Chaos. I'm Julie, he's Corey, and on today's show, we're going to dive into saying no. We're probably going to cover a bunch of other shit, but we're definitely going to talk about saying no. Defeat the Chaos is your show about the highs and lows of being an entrepreneur, and trust me, there are some real motherfucking lows. (laughs) There are also a lot of really good highs, so whether you're looking for direction on how to be more successful, or if you're just looking for someone to sit next to you on the struggle bus, this is the show for you. On today's show, we're welcoming Jeremy Williams. He's the owner of Red Hawk Coaching. He's a coach, an entrepreneur, a husband and father, and he's the author of the best-selling book, Survive, Scale, Soar. Jeremy lives in Houston, Texas. We're not going to hold that against him, but he'll be joining us after the first break. But before Jeremy joins us, let's see what kind of trouble we can get into. How are you doing, Corey? Doing well. How are you doing? I'm I'm good. Good. Why, I feel like I established that. Why would we hold it against him if he was from Houston or is from Houston? I don't know. Isn't Houston like the worst city in town? Oh, no, that's probably Austin, right? Austin is like super liberal and weird. I think there's a lot of other places in Texas that are way worse than both of those. But way worse than Houston and Austin? Yeah, I went to Abilene once. That was terrible. Yeah, well, I want you to know that I was really just trying to make a fun intro, okay, and you've kind of gotcha. ruined that for Perfect. me now, so... Thanks for that. Now okay, now this gotcha. entire show is probably ruined. Okay. It's just great. destroyed. Perfect. Way to go. Wow. First five minutes. Listeners yes. might as well tune out. Yes. And for everybody out there, we are pre-recording this episode. Uh, Why do we tell them that? Well, because we're, we're going to do things a little differently today. Are we're, we? We're not going to have the news. Uh, no, we're not going to have the news. Yeah. And the gambling picks, I mean, that'll be good, but they'll be old. I was kind of thinking that, you know what we should do for every pre-record? Our pre-records should always just be two segments. Okay. Because then it's we don't have to worry about the news. It's 26 minutes of us and 26 minutes with the guests. Perfect. I think the guests would like that better, too. Sure. Let's do it. Yeah. I All right. I don't know if we're going to be able to do that today we because, won't. you know, we've got, um, we've got Jeremy already scheduled, but we could, you know, in theory at some point do it. All right. Well, we'll do that in the future. How about that? Yeah. Um, but so I, I was a little late getting over here today mm-hmm. um, and I was at FedEx making some copies and I had a weird um, transaction, let's call it, happen where I did my first, uh, did the self-service thing and I did my first uh, batch and it came out to like $72 and then I tried to print something else and it was like 20 bucks, something like that. And this thing popped up and said, for our customer safety... We limit tra- transactions on the self-service to $80. And I was trying to figure out, what are you keeping me safe from at that $80 mark? I, 
What do you suppose you are being kept safe from? The only thing the I virus? Can, I guess the only thing I can think of is that to keep like maybe a stolen credit card like safe so that uh, I, I have no idea, but I am now safer because I had to do two transactions. Uh, which if anybody has ever used those FedEx self-service things, they're kind of slow. It's annoying that I had to go pull out my USB, go to another one, swipe my card again, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it just, that seems, I'm just going to say it, that's dumb. That's there's there that's ripe for process improvement right there. Yes. Like, I, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of businesses used the pandemic as an excuse to come up with the dumbest policies ever, right? And just to see, like, what would people do? How will people respond? And, you know, for the most part, people just got in line. Like, okay, it makes totally sense that I can only go one direction down a grocery store yeah. aisle. Like, hello? Does anybody think anymore? No, that one definitely drove me crazy. Like, oh, yeah, these are one-way aisles. I'm like, okay, cool. So the 80-year-old woman who's standing there trying to figure out what type of peanut butter she wants to buy, I still have to walk by her. It's not like I, I we're, we're all moving at the same speed. Like, I'm, I'm hauling ass through the grocery store, and I'm still walking by people. Yes. But somehow we're all safer. I got yelled at once at a, at a Publix um grocery store at the height of the pandemic because I was going to check out and I, this is like, did you notice since the pandemic they took away, you all, you always use self-checkout. Correct. Yeah. But so, you know, when you don't go to self-checkout, they have those little dividers, right? Mm -hmm. They took the dividers away and they never brought them back. Oh, like the, uh, the little plastic. Yeah. Square things. Yeah, yeah to yeah, divide yeah. your groceries from sure. mine. They took those away and never brought them back. And I got yelled at at Publix because I started to put my food on the conveyor belt before the last person's food. Oh, yeah. You got to wait, Julie. I, my food's not creeping up no. on theirs. Hey, you need to read the memo. <laughs> Right. I, I'm like literally like I think if that cashier could have physically assaulted me, she would have yeah. that day. Like she she actually called me dumb. Well, that's what you get for shopping at the highfalutin grocery stores because at Food Lion in the poor neighborhood Wait, where I go. Wait, is Publix highfalutin? Well, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So oh. is Wegmans. Well, I go Whole, to Wegmans. And Whole Foods. I know what Wegmans is. Yeah. I don't go to Wegmans because it's highfalutin. I go to Wegmans because of the variety. Wegmans is highfalutin. I don't think so. Wegmans is like a warehouse. Food lines where it's at. I don't. And Aldi. No, I've never been in an Aldi. Yeah. I don't even know what that's like inside. That's it's, like the Kmart of grocery stores. It Corey. is efficiency at its greatest. Let me tell you, Aldi is. I love shopping at Aldi. Mm. You've got like a choice of two of everything. That's it. Mm. You've got like the off brand and then the off off brand, and then. There's like, dented cans everywhere. No, no, it's it's quality product, but uh, there's two employees and you do all the work. You don't have to talk to anybody. You don't. Have well, to do that's shit. my dream situation yeah. in a grocery. I don't even like. I, I you know I don't do self checkout very very often, but I always bag my own groceries. I'm like I'll bag my own, and everybody is always super appreciative of it. But it's really selfish. It's a selfish decision to bag my own groceries. Like don't touch my fucking food, and also. You're going to put it in the wrong order in the bags. So let me just handle it. For some reason, most people who work at a grocery store lack the ability to actually understand how physics work. 
Yes, they also get paid by the bag, I think, because anytime that I have to, <laughs> anytime I have to use uh, somebody to check out, they're like, oh, your eggs, that's going in a bag. Your milk? Oh, that's going in a separate bag. And I'm like, that milk has a handle on it already. It doesn't need a bag. I know. Isn't that kind of the rule? Anything with a handle doesn't need a bag. Yes, exactly. It's like, would you like me to put your meat in a separate bag? No, it's already fucking wrapped. That's why I bag my own groceries. It all goes in the same bag. I don't care. I know. I'm like, why would I need you to put my already packaged meats in a separate bag to put in top of another bag? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And anything that's over, like, three and a half pounds... Goes in two bags. <laughs> on the top of two bags. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I I don't know. And it's like, uh, like if, uh, I don't know. When you, uh, here in Virginia, we've got ABC stores. And so you go to the liquor store. And if you happen to buy two bottles of anything, first of all, they have to go in a bag because God forbid. That's the law, right? God forbid that you walk out of the liquor store and like a child sees that you purchased liquor at the liquor store. What else am I buying there? I don't know. But if I buy two bottles of anything, if anybody buys two bottles of anything, one goes in the bag, one goes in a paper bag, and then goes into the same bag. Because somehow that super, super thin piece of paper is going to protect the bottles? I don't know. I I don't don't know what the deal is with that. I don't understand any of it. I really don't. And if if you tell them, you're like, hey, no, why don't don't you just just put it on there? Don't worry about the paper bags. They look at you like you're fucking crazy. They look like you're crazy. Like they're going to clank together regardless. That paper's not going to do anything. That wait, that paper's not protecting you from breakage. <laughs> no, not at all. Huh? I don't know. Huh? The things you learn, but on we, defeat the chaos. We feel safer every day because of. Well, you're extra safe today because you FedEx like helped took, you. I don't know how, they but they helped today. you. Yes, yeah, definitely. All right. Well, what else? What's going on with the restaurant? Uh, we are very, very close to opening. I feel like you've been saying that for like fucking weeks, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Give I, us another line. So um, I started a uh, internet argument with my business partners. Um, <laughs> and uh, just one in particular. Which one? Um, the, the guy who's also the general contractor. Oh, okay. And, that makes total sense. Yeah. Um, and I have absolutely no problem just complaining about it. But we got, we, we got fight over. We got into an argument on uh, Thursday, so a couple days ago. Maybe it was Wednesday. Um, doesn't matter. About payment. And I know that he's owed money, and I know that he's done work, and I am well aware of the fact that I have to pay him money. But I told him that... I want an invoice. I want a detailed invoice. I want to see what I'm spending money on. Because we're getting to the point now where we're about done with the project. And I, in good faith, have been writing him large checks, like hundreds of thousands of dollars, just in good faith that he's going to do his job. Mm-hmm. And the problem that I have is that he won't tell me what the money's being spent on. I was like, just show me the uses. Where are you using the money? Let me see some details, et cetera. And, and like, he got heated. He's I don't do business this way. Like, it's uh, like, I do millions. Is it because he's a Christian that he doesn't have to do business this way? Yes. It's everything's on a handshake and is good word. And I'm like, I'm not saying that you are doing a bad job. I'm not saying your business is doing a bad job, but I've seen a lot of shady shit go on with your subcontractors. And I question their work. And like he got all heated with me, and I actually had a cool head because I was in the position of power in this discussion. You have the money. I have the money. Also, I'm in the right. And so I told him, no, 
I was like, I will cut you a small check, like $20,000 to help cover expenses, some expenses, Mm -hmm. but I'm not giving you all of your money until I see, see some numbers. And he's Mm -hmm. like, ah, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to put it into an email. My request, I'll put it into an email. He's like, that's fine. Yeah. Send me an email. All right, cool. So I type up an email. I put more than just the request in there. Like I I put some uh, context as to why the email was happening because I was copying the other partners on it as well. And Mm -hmm. I was like, here's all of the reasons. And again, I'm not attacking you. I'm I'm pushing back. And if I don't want to pay something, it's not because I want you to pay it. It's because I think that your subs should be paying it. Like you shouldn't be paying these bills. And then I put the request in there, which was detailed... Uh, like a detailed invoice. I don't want to see all the invoices because uh, this is shady. I was like, hey, I want to look at all of the invoices from all of the subs. He's like, I don't just open my books up to customers like that. And I'm like, you're afraid to show me the invoices that you're paying. That's a big red flag to me Um, as your business partner and as your client slash customer. Uh, But anyway, so I I send that to him on Thursday. Um... He responds yesterday afternoon, Saturday uh, afternoon, and he immediately insults my manhood. That's the f- first place he goes is, what he or say? tries to, tries to insult. He's like, you know, in, in my line of business, like as a man, like, you know, we have these conversations in person. We don't do them over email. Um, <laughs> Did, didn't y'all agree to send an email? Well, first of all, yes. Second of all, uh, I've got really fucking thick skin. And I've been called worse by better people. So, like, you're, I don't, you're, if you're trying to get a rise out of me, I just laughed at that. And I stopped reading the email and opened up the file that he sent, one file, which was an Excel file, which was for $21,000 less than I've already paid him. And he's like, I need more money. And I'm like, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I've overpaid you according to this. Um, and I haven't responded yet, but I'm just like, this guy sucks. And then the fun part, uh, so I was talking to a friend who does commercial floor installation, and I, I, he was like, who's your GC? And I told him, and he was like, oh, they suck. They're terrible. We don't even do business with them because they're that bad. <laughs> so anyway, that's where I am right now. Wow. Yes. So what's your next move there, killer? Well, at some point I might respond to his email, but, you know. He insulted my manhood. So. I think you're a man. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, even though you made me lift something really heavy up the fucking stairs on Friday. I didn't make you lift <laughs> anything up the stairs. You chose to. I said, I will be over there Friday. And you're like, I will. And I could pull out the text message and say, I'll give it another go and I'll let you know. And then I said, hey, what's up with that? You're like, I took care of it. Don't worry. I did. So, it was hard as hell. But I, I was willing to do it. Yeah. Well. That's on you. Sure. Nothing's on me. I'm never wrong. Don't I know it? End of defeat the chaos. Welcome <laughs> to welcome to the last like seven years of my life. Yeah, again, your fault, not mine. Uh, for sticking it out. Yeah, you hired me seven years ago. That's true. Yeah. I did. I did. Mistakes were made. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Mistakes were made. Um, I got a funny story for you. All right, go. So I, <laughs> this is, this is good stuff right here. My, you remember how I wrote, how I wrote the um, article about the, you know, former 
leader that we both reported to who on International Women's Day took credit for work that I did and said it was the crowning achievement of her career. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I, so we, we, we did our, a radio show, our, a podcast on it. Mm-hmm. We wrote a blog on it, and then I also created an article out of it and shared that on LinkedIn, and then she saw it on LinkedIn. And we don't mention the company or her by name at all, Correct. ever, Correct. at any point. And we're not going to date today either. Yes. So I'm getting closer to. Yes. So anyway, um, she reaches out to me on LinkedIn and tells me that, you know, she's she's been following me and she read my article and she has no recollection of that happening and clearly i have some things i need to work out and maybe we could have a conversation and and chat and i would just feel better about things so you know first off just you know listeners for your benefit this woman very very smart but really really passive aggressive and manipulative right and she took her turn she took turns being angry at everybody on the staff and when it was my turn that she got angry at she had someone else basically abruptly end my contract and she stopped talking to me and hasn't talked to me since so whatever cool so i write that article so she she reaches she sends me an email and says she thinks we should chat so i don't respond because i'm like Bitch, I ain't got shit to say to you. Like, I, I'm, I, you have not been a part of my life for, oh my God, like four years. So I'm like, nah, I'm good. But I don't even, I don't respond. So nah, I'm good. But listen, for the record, if I ever use the word nah, it really means like fuck you. Okay. Noted. <laughs> so I don't respond, and that was like International Women's Day is like the beginning of March. Yes. Well, the other day I got a second email from her that she said (laughs) that clearly I was very bothered by what had happened and that she had spent the last three weeks with her daughter scouring the internet to find the article in which she calls that her crowning achievement and could find no such evidence that it ever happened but she really would like the opportunity to have a conversation with me to set the record straight in my head so that I'm no longer confused about what happened. Interesting. <laughs> Do you see a theme here, Julie? That I'm crazy? It's all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> right on. And maybe that's what made me think of that story. Yes. I'm like, wait a minute, man. Like, what the hell? Did you go back and find the article? Because I know you sent it to me. Well, I know exactly... I. I actually responded to the second email and I was like, look, here's who posted on LinkedIn. I told her who posted it. I said, reach out to her if she's still speaking to you. Yeah. And, you know. Oh, yeah. Right? I know who that was now. Yeah. And I'm like, and listen, if you... If you want to have... Really want to have a conversation, sure, let's have it. I'm like, I don't particularly love the way that you handled things at the end and that's what I would want to address, but... If you want to, like, let me know. Give me some times that are good for you. Yeah. So you're going to meet with her? I don't haven't heard back from uh, her since. That'll be interesting. I don't really want to, but, I, you know, what am I, what am I going to do? She was a nut, she was, she's a nut job, as far as I can tell. Yeah, that was a, a very interesting experience there. And, and I like I feel like for a lot of people out there, a lot of business owners, a lot of employees, it's uh, and I guess getting into kind of the topic of um, saying no is the you got to know when to quit. Like if you are in a toxic 
uh, business relationship, whether it's a business partner or whether it's your employer or uh, any of that, you need to be able to, like, you need to know when to address those problems. You need to know how to address those problems and you need to know when you need to just back away. So for instance, in my situation, my partner has basically decided that he's going to write me off, which is completely fine. He, he, he also told me, uh, which was hilarious. He's like, I, he was offended that this is how, this is the way that I do business, that I ask him for receipts, for invoices. I told him my other partner, Gary, who I've known for years, great friend of mine, trust him with everything. I still ask him for receipts. If I send him a check for something, I, I expect to get an invoice or a receipt or something in return that says this is where your money was spent. And this is a guy that I trust implicitly. And for somebody else, a different business partner who I don't really know that well, and I'm like, yeah, all I'm asking for is some invoices, some receipts, some sort of way to record this transaction. He says no, and he's offended that that's the way that I do business and then wished me good luck if that's the way that I run a business. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Like, You, You know who doesn't like to give receipts and invoices? Drug dealers. Guys who are doing shady shit. Exactly. Like, if you're above board, you're like, hey, yeah, I can, yeah, what do you need? Give it to you. Get it. Hey, it might take me a day to pull everything together because my files aren't exactly organized right now, but give me a little time and I'll get it all to you. Yeah. No, you know what I get? An Excel file with numbers in it. And I'm like, that's, that's your record of, like, that's how you record things. That's what you expect me to pay you off of is two columns of information. Here's who the money went to, and here's the amount of money. I can do the same thing. I wish I could do business that way. Be like, yeah, I don't know. Here's an Excel file. Pay me money. Do you think the IRS would accept files looking like I certainly hope so, because that's what they got this year. (laughs) (laughs) And an IOU, fuckers. Uh, Because you still owe me money from 2020. (laughs) That's hysterical. That's funny. But, okay, so... Let's um let's shift and talk a little bit about the conversation that we're going to have with Jeremy. Yeah, about saying no, right? No. no. Right. So, I guess your business partner could have just said no. Well, he pretty much did. Yeah. And you've also pretty much said no when it comes to actually paying him. Well, exactly, yes. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> it doesn't really work like that. I think people underestimate the importance of being able to say no. Yes. Especially in in business. You know this is a pet peeve of mine when you have a prospective client, somebody reaches out to you, wants to work with you, asks you for information, you pull together a proposal, give them pricing or whatever, and then they ghost you because they lack the integrity or the or the gumption gumption <laughs> yeah, boy, man that's a word we don't use often enough they lack they lack the um the balls to be like no thank you or this isn't a good time for me or uh I, this isn't really what i'm looking for or i checked your references and they're not that great i don't care what it is people don't want to communicate with what's going on they just ghost you which I don't understand. So I I, don't I, I had this vendor come in the other day, window cleaner, and he was like, hey, we want to clean your windows uh, on the space. And I was like, uh, 
one, we don't need it right now because we still have construction going on. This is a couple weeks ago. And I was like, and we already kind of got a guy lined up. He already does some of the windows in the building, and we're probably just going to use him. And he was like, well, here's my quote. You know, gave us a quote to do it. And then, you know, he took off. And then just the other day, he came in. He's like, hey, so what's going on? Just following up on that quote. And I'm like... I already, and, I already told you no. Well, no, no, I didn't tell him no at the time, but he came in and I was like, but I just straight up told him no. I was like, we already got a guy. We're going to go with him. And he was like, all right, cool. I can follow up. I was like, don't bother. I was like, honestly, like just save us time. I, 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 I'm, I've got a guy. He's already in here once a month doing other windows in the building and he's about the same price as you. So I'm just going to go with him. And if it doesn't work out, I got your card. Yeah. I can reach out to you, but I was like, just save yourself some time and save me a fucking headache. And just don't don't come back. Yeah, ever. I think people just they don't know to they don't know how to say it. They don't know how to like they avoid that conflict or that difficult conversation. And it's like so all of the follow up isn't more uncomfortable. Then you start to get annoyed, right? Start to get annoyed when you're like, why is this guy like still reaching out to me? Like I'm not interested. Or God, this person's persistent. And it's like it's your fucking fault. Yes. All you had to do was say no. Yep. yep. Just, like, be honest. Yeah. I, that's all you have to do is just say, I appreciate the offer. I'm not interested. And I'll reach out to you later if I if I want to follow up on it. Yeah, this has just been, like, a burning, like, hot topic for me for months now where I realize how many weak people there are on the planet. Yeah. And there's also can't. people out there who you do work for, like, on a handshake. <laughs> and then they... They stop responding to you. That's also fun. Oh, yeah. We've experienced yes. that, too, yes. right? That was how we learned the lesson to get contracts. Yeah, I know, which is funny <laughs> because the we've spoken on that numerous times, yeah. and, and we've been burned. We have been burned. Um, because we didn't follow our own advice, and it happens. Yeah, yeah. and lesson learned, and now we don't. Also, we, we, you know, everyone, in God we trust, everyone else pays cash first. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's uh, go to break and then. Uh... We'll go to break. Okay. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll take a quick break for commercial second or commercial. Commercial second? Yeah, whatever. I was trying to tell you we had 30 seconds left, but now we only have 20. Oh, <laughs> I see. That's where I got confused when the three went up. I was like, wait, we have three minutes. I thought you were counting yeah, down. Mouthed, You're counting up. I mouthed. 30 seconds. Yeah, okay. See, this yeah. is what happens. Now you're seeing it behind the scenes, folks. Yeah. Eight seconds. This is how crazy it, it Go quick. All right, we'll see you right after the break. Hey, everybody. It's Corey and Julie from Defeat the Chaos. Our show on the Voice America Business Channel is for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and winners. If you're a loser, scram. Yeah, scram losers. Defeat the Chaos hits on the struggles of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. We celebrate the wins and we dissect the losses. And unlike most boring business shows, we aren't that. We like to have fun. We have informative guests on. We talk about current events that affect small businesses. And there's plenty of gambling talk because risk and owning a small business go hand in hand. Oh, and we record live, so there's no editing or production if we screw up, which we do. So join us every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel or catch the replays whenever you have time. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today.
Defeat the Chaos with Corey Harris and Julie Traxler hits on topics every week that affect small business owners across this country. They provide insights that show entrepreneurs how to reduce stress, wear fewer hats, and work shorter hours. Take your business from being owner-dependent and stagnant to growth-ready and process-driven every Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. All right, welcome back to the show. Hey, Jeremy, thanks for joining us today. Hey, Julie and Corey, it's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, this is this will be fun because we've had this conversation a little bit on our podcast when you joined us. And um, it was just it was so interesting. I thought, let's let's bring him back on and talk a little bit more about the power of no. But before we dive into that, do you want to just give our listeners just a little, you know, short bio of who, who the hell are you? Um, I'm a I'm a dad. I'm a husband, uh, coach, and I'm a best selling author of the book Survive Scale Soar. And I help other people soar both in business and in life. And nice. when, that's pretty short. Yeah, yeah that was that's I, nice. I'm still trying to take a sip of my coffee over here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, when we had you on the podcast, we talked about the power of saying no, and I, I think that's an important thing for most people that that they're afraid to do is to say no when it comes to. Um, doing something that you don't want to do or just telling uh, a salesperson to, you know, kick rocks. Like, no, I, I don't want your business. Like, uh, and it saves everybody time. Like we've talked about it and um, Julie and I have, and, and I guess uh, let's, let's dive into that. Um, and, and yes, so the power of no is the most profitable word that you're going to learn as a, as a business owner. And it also is going to apply in life. And, and the reason being is that most people are going to say yes and when they say yes to something, they're they're typically doing it because they're being a people pleaser, as opposed for it being something really good for yourself in business and life. It's not going to serve you well. And when you overcommit and say yes to everything, what's going to happen is you're not going to do any of those things really well. And so being able to say no to things is actually beneficial to you. And like you said, you know, it you don't want to waste somebody else's time as well. You don't want to waste your time. Time's the only thing that we have that you can't make more of. So no is going to be the most profitable word you learn as a business owner. Do you think that, so I have a couple of thoughts running through my mind. The first one being that, you know, there's, you, you see all those posts on social media and those quotes about, you know, saying no. And I think like we think, we tend to think of saying no as this thing that like frees up your time, right? Because you're not committing to other things, but the other side of saying no is there are people have a ridiculously hard time being honest or direct in using that word, right? Hey, Jeremy, would you like to buy coaching from me? Like, oh, you know, let me think about it. And it's like, why the fuck can't you just say no? Like, why do people struggle so hard with that direct conversation? Well, first, first of all, when somebody replies in that way, I've, I've done this long enough. It's very disingenuous. Like I, I can read through it and know that, okay, they really just don't want to pay for my service and that's okay. And, and I move on earlier in my career. I might not have caught that, 
and it kind of strings you along. And, and in the end, it really, what it does is it causes the relationship to, to be strained. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I think it goes back to them just not being, being genuine because they're afraid they're going to hurt your feelings or they want, they may want something out of you and they want to come back to you later. So they don't want to, to hurt your feelings now or and by just saying no, because they want to use you to some extent. So I think sometimes people will say no or, or say, yeah, maybe, uh, because they want to come back and use you later. But don't you think that kind of the, that whole stringing people along for me, it pisses me off when you have somebody who like, especially when they reach out to me, right? I'm not cold calling people. People are reaching out and they're like, Hey, I'm interested in working with you. We pull together a proposal. We invest time figuring out what they need and how we can best help them pull together a proposal. And then they start dicking you around. And I'm like, I don't even want to work when you are ready. I don't want to work with you because you've proven to me you're the kind of person who can't be direct versus if they just said, hey, you know, now that I'm really thinking about this, if I'm really honest with myself, I can't carve out the time to do it. I want to, but I know I'm not going to. So I'm going to come back to you in like six months. I'd be like, cool. Like, that's a great answer. But instead they like they ghost you or they pretend that, you know, they're, they're kind of interested and, and they just string you along. And it's like, listen, motherfucker, you reached out to me. I didn't reach out to you. So just at least have the courtesy to be straight up honest. I'm, I'm just, that's the part that just like, it grinds my gears. Is that, is that a saying? Is that a saying? That's a saying. Yeah. It grinds my gears. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, like, I, I gotta, I gotta take some coffee and calm down here. Yes. Yeah, I, I feel the same way, you know, and, I, and I've had those people and I do a pretty good job now. Like, I'm like, hey, either you're going to coach with me or not. Like, just don't call me again. And, you know, the people seeking out the free advice. Hey, I just have a quick question. I, I love that. People say, hey, I just I just have a quick question. It'll only take like like a minute or two. And like, I know that's going to be a 30 minute to an hour conversation. And so I just shut it down now. I just say, you know what, if you really want to coach with me, if you really want to invest in yourself and start to get better at what you want to do, just stop calling me and let's get into coaching. And usually they'll either say yes at that point, or they'll be like, "Uh, you know, let me think about it. Well, when you're ready, come and talk to me and I'll be ready for you. Otherwise there's just, we don't need to have that call. And um, it's, to me, it's really disingenuine and it's, it's, disingenuous to yourself, like to, to go out and, and kind of talk to a business owner saying, Hey, I know you have this service. Yeah. Maybe I want to do it or not. Like you've got to be more decisive as a business owner. You have to decide, Hey, that's really what I need in my business instead of going and taking other people's time. Because if you're doing that to other people, what are you doing to yourself? Right. Uh, Probably not doing much. But how do you, excuse me, how do you like, filter through the people who are really trying to decide they're weighing their options versus the people who are just kind of brushing you off. Because for me, like I, I don't like to commit to something right away. I like to think through it. I like to uh, weigh my options and compare and contrast, et cetera, et cetera. And when for me, for example, uh, if I say, yeah, I'm going to get back to you, it's because I'm going to get back to you. But not knowing me, like how, how do you uh, how do you filter those out? Asking questions. And that's, that's what a great coach does is ask questions and, and really be able to figure out what their true intention and motive is. And I've done this enough times. I've, I've done over 10,000 hours of book coaching. 
since 2010. And you just start to begin to understand human behavior, the way that people think. And you start to have this like sixth sense of, okay, this person just really needs, they, they need to sit on it for a day or two and think about it, or maybe a week. Uh, they are going to coach. You can read it in the way that they're answering questions. You can read it in their tonality. Uh, you can read it and, you know, whether they're, you can tell when somebody's being elusive in the conversation, um, especially when you start getting towards the financial portion of the conversation and you start talking and there, you can just kind of feel it, feel it on the other end that, hey, this is probably not where they're at or where they're ready to invest in themselves in. So for me, it's been a, a feeling and just the experience of talking to individuals and understanding how, how human beings work. It's, uh, it's just amazing to me that um, somebody could be a business owner and then this is the approach they take to the, working with other people, right? What to work, you know, uh, them being a customer, right? I'm like, so how do you handle confrontation with your own customers then? If you can't even handle it on something that you're going to pay. Or your employees or your vendors or pretty much anybody, really. Yeah. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you, how are you running a business? Like, to me, that, that's, it's a sign right there. Like, you are, you probably are a terrible business owner. If you can't have the simplest of, hey, thanks, but I've decided I'm not interested. If you can't say those words, if you can't be direct about where you're standing on something, then I think, wowza, like, how are you running a business? Yeah, I think it's it's having that confidence in knowing who you are, knowing what you provide, knowing your values, knowing your mission, knowing where you want to go, having a goal. And if you understand those things, then it's a lot easier to say no to the things that aren't serving that. And, and Julie and Corey, it's not... When you say no to something, it's it's not it's not personal. Um, it's it's a business decision. So I always tell my my clients that you know there's there's the heart side, Julie. You have the Julie's heart, and then you have Julie, the the business owner. And the business owner, the only thing that it looks at is the profit and loss statement. That's it. Like they don't they don't care about anything else. Like they're looking at profit and loss, saying, Julie, you're profitable today. Julie, you're at a loss today. And if that decision is in alignment with a loss, then it's pretty easy to say no. Yeah, that's that's a smart way to look at it. And believe me, it's not lost on me that you used me as the example with the heart. Yeah, <laughs> everything's logic over here. So. <laughs> um, and and that's uh, the so I'm I'm dealing with an issue right now with uh, a business partner and it uh, in the restaurant that I'm opening up, um, and. Saying no has been one of the most satisfying things that I've been able to do with this guy. Because long story short, uh, on many, many podcasts and whatever else, you've heard the whole story. But he, I control the bank account. And he's like, hey, just cut me a check. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> he's like, but you have to. And I was like, no, I do not. Like, you have to do these things. And so that power of no is satisfying, especially in a situation like that, where like I, I could let him try and bully me into uh, doing whatever he wants. But at the end of the day, I'm doing what's best for the business. And I'm trying to explain that to him, that this is the best decision for the business. And he doesn't see it that way. Um, and, and trying to, uh, explain it to him in, in a way that makes sense. It, it doesn't to him. Cause he's like, he only sees the short view where I'm like, long-term 
this is this is the best idea or the best thing for the business. When's the last time somebody bullied you into something? Has that ever happened in your life? Oh, sure. Everybody gets bullied. But it's fun because I'm a bully and I'm dealing with the bully. So <laughs> bullies are bullying each other right now. I, I think the you you hit something there, Corey. Sometimes saying the no, we're looking for like the immediate satisfaction or response from it. Yet sometimes it's delayed. And so, you know, sometimes we have to be comfortable with saying no. It means that it's going to serve us at a, a greater value later. And I've, I've had that happen in life where, you know, starting my, my real estate business and starting my coaching business is being able to say no to something or somebody else, knowing that the result might not be immediate. It's going to be down the road. And so no doesn't always equate to immediate satisfaction. Well, and I think a lot of people use that that no or that like they defer action as a negotiation like tactic. Um, and for me, like I'm I'm awful at negotiating. I, I will just straight up tell you right now. Like I, I I will tell you exactly what I want, and you can either give it to me or you can't. And like I'm not I'm not trying to get you to like give me a better price or throw more in the deal. And and I I, I told that guy in like a, a completely different story. Like it's like I I I'm not trying to negotiate you down. I'm just telling you, here's what I want to pay for. Can you or can you not do it? And they're like, well, you know, I'm going to, like, no, no, no. That, that, that's all I want. I don't want anything more. I don't want anything less. This is what I want. Just pay for it. But I don't, most people aren't as direct as I am. Um, so, like, using no as a negotiation tactic, like, do you recommend that? Um, I, I still, I still recommend that you do it. It just might be handled in different ways. So, I, I have my master certification in the disc. So if you're familiar with the DIS, there's the D, the I, the S, and the C. And Corey, I would consider not even having known you very long as you're a high D. You're the driver, right? And saying no. He's not mature. Directly. He's not mature enough for this conversation. For this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings here, right? So saying no to a D, though, is the D, said. the most important thing to them is being right. And so when you say no to a D and you're very direct, with it, it might not go over very well. Whereas if you say to a no, a no to a D in a way that makes them feel like they came up with the idea, then all of a sudden that no has a lot more power. You Does think, that make sense? Do you think I'm a high D? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> or you might be higher than yours. I don't know. You're pretty high D. You're pretty straightforward. You're like, get out of my way. That's right. I'm always better than you, Julie. (laughs) (laughs) We cannot get around it. It's just, and even our guests have come to recognize it. Even the ones that are actually my friends. Man, Jeremy. Well, and I I think you have, if we're going to go down the disc path, I I think you have a pretty high eye too. So you're pretty sociable. And uh, so there's that your D is high. Your I is probably also really high. S and C are probably not even on the charts. What are what are S and C again? So S is like steady, calm, cool. If you're thinking of a person, it would be like Spock. Um, yeah, I mean Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. So if you think of Mr. Rogers and he was cool, calm, collective, steady, yeah. you know, he put on his shoes every day and that sort of thing. That's that's not you. And then the C is like Spock. So very uh, step oriented. Step one, step two, step three. If two was taken out of the mix, you would recognize it and it would just drive you absolutely insane. 
Please dive into analyzing Julie Moore. This is hilarious. <laughs> what's the, and what's and the, accurate? And the I is what's I is is that like I is Oprah Winfrey. I is like the outgoing, the social butterfly, the talker. Uh, the the thing that the I doesn't like the most is not being liked. <laughs> Do you want to go lay down on the couch while uh, Jerry Jeremy continues this conversation? <laughs> Oh man! It's okay to say it's okay to say no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that worked out really well. No, I do not. I do not. I I I think I forgot. I know I took the disc. Um, we we all had to take them, didn't we? At performance, we all had to. Th- or maybe I only took it because I went to like their. I went to their sales training. I was, um, one year I went to like a big sales conference and everybody did the the disc and I was. Um, I'm always surprised at like when the results of those tests, when they come back and I'm like, because they're so accurate. Yeah. It's crazy. It it is. And it's like, it's annoying because you already knew it and you're like, it's just like telling you something you already knew. Like, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. It's like reading a roadmap to yourself and you're like, let me just give this to all my friends and family so that they can like adjust to me. Right. We should we should do the um, do you do you do the disc often with people? Do you do it with all your coaching clients? Um, I I don't do the formal test anymore just because I don't need it. Like I can just ask a few questions, talk to them for about 30 minutes. And I know exactly who they are. Um, if if you're looking for a, a formal disc assessment, the Abelson uh, disc is by far the best best that's out there. So they have more data points than anybody else. We had done this one, and I don't remember what what it was, Corey. I don't know if you remember when we worked at Performance together. We did one at this, you know, personality type assessment, leadership assessment, whatever it is, as a team. And um, we got the results, and as a team, they gave us like all of our papers back together. And that was the first time that I realized that Corey and this other woman on the team. Um, who he has called Drunk Debbie for a reason, but, you know, we love Deb. Um, they were both, like, uh, rule followers, and I had no idea that he – I thought Corey was a rule breaker. And I then, like, we're reading these results, and I realized that me and this other girl on team, Misty, were, like, the total rule breakers, and him and Deb were rule followers. And I'm like, I didn't see that coming. You can't be data-driven and break rules, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> but they I was were... gonna say that I was gonna say that Corey's probably got some C in him, and uh, I'm a CD as well. <laughs> and being able to analyze data, look at data, those type of things, very C. Yep, I'm just gonna stay silent over here. It's too early in the morning for these conversations. <laughs> you know, uh, Jeremy, I always, I always say I'm not mature enough to have a friend, a friend named Dick. I'm just not. I'm, okay. I'm just not. I can't. I'm not mature enough for that. I'm not mature enough for a conversation where we talk about somebody being a high D. Like that's yeah, just or that. having some C in them. <laughs> 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 oh my god! What did we take yesterday and manage to make dirty? On <laughs> everything. Oh, our so our uh, our first guest ever on uh, on defeat the chaos. Brian McFarland. He's got a a. Um, this um, company called Three by Five Life, and we somehow turned gratitude into gratification, and it just went sideways. You got to have that morning gratification. <laughs> <Yeah>. Whoops! <laughs> what happens when you don't have a coffee, right? <laughs> yes, 
And that was at like three in the afternoon, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good um, stuff. All right. So we are, we've got about three minutes left. Um, oh, yeah. We're going a little bit longer today. We're going so longer we're, today. So we've whoops, got sorry. more time. So we than got that. three plus six minutes left. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so let, let's dive back into the conversation, Jeremy. So when it comes to saying no, like uh, how do you coach people who are bad at saying no uh, into becoming better at that? It's it's repetition, just like anything is if you haven't said no before, just do it and then evaluate the response and the result from that and then do it again and then do it again. And so it, it comes out of repetition. Uh, the, the thing that I will like a caveat to this is that there are times where you do need to say yes. And so saying no all the time is can get you into trouble. Uh, yet I find more times than not, it gets you out of trouble. And so, you know, when I'm coaching my clients and they're struggling with that, what's, what's awesome is they come back two, three, four weeks later and they said, Hey, I, you know, somebody asked me to do this and I said no, and this was a result from it. And it was either they made more income or they got more time back. And to them, that was that was an amazing result. And they've never had that before because they were always saying yes. For example, you know, the buyers right now, the buyers wanting to go out and look at homes and you're writing multiple offers. And, you know, just saying to that buyer, no, if you're not qualified, I'm just not, we're not even going to get in the car. And because otherwise they're going to get in the car, go show them a bunch of homes. They're going to write, they're going to lose out. And then even if they do win one down the road, you find out they didn't even qualify for it. And so being able to say no to that gives them more time back so that they can go out and find the people that are serious about selling, serious about buying and buying a home. Uh, they, they typically say no in this case out of, out of fear. And they want to take that, they want to take that on or they say yes because they want to take that on because they're afraid that if they do say no, they're going to lose income. And once, once they find out the truth is they're really buying back time to go find those that are serious. It's, it's a big relief to them. So it just occurred to me, like one of the most common words that we hear come out of children is no. (laughs) So somewhere along the line, we, we lose our ability to say it. I guess we're, and I think, and I, now I'm really curious as to what, what happens to us that we, you know, we can, we say it so frequently as a children. No, no, no. Right. All, all It's probably one of the most common words said by a child is no. And then as we get into being adults, we suddenly can't say the word anymore because I guess we're taught that we need to please people and like, I'll get filled with all this, like. We just really need to unwind some shit as humans. Well, yeah, and uh, just to add a little bit to that, because I was thinking about opportunity cost. Like, for me, like, I don't want to say no to something because there might be something there that I could use that that could be beneficial. And, you know, I think as adults, we're a little more farsighted than children who are a little more short-sighted in that. Uh, But that's all I wanted to say. Well, I think as kids, too, like when you know, no is one of the most common words that a kid learns is that also you're a kid. So no doesn't have as much power as it does now. So you think about it as a kid, you, you're like, go clean your room. And they're like, no. And you're like, no, I'm your mom. I'm your dad. I'm going to, I want you to go clean the room. And so no, at that age might not have the power 
that it does now. So I think that might be a little bit of an explanation to why, yeah, we use no a lot as a kid, yet as we get to be an adult, we, we don't realize, we, we feel like it's lost its power. Hmm. Cause it wasn't that effective as a kid. Wasn't effective. Right. I mean, think about it. Like I, I wasn't going to tell my parents, I, I did tell my parents no, but it's like, okay, you're still going to go do it. Right. You tell a teacher, no, no, you're still going to go sit in your seat and learn. Right. So the well, that's no the way it was when power. that's what the way it was when we were kids. Yeah. And uh, I mean, <laughs> like <laughs> it has changed. Right. One of the uh, like the, this moment I remember so like clearly uh, when I was, I don't know, probably about 19, 20 years old. Um, I, I came home from college and I got in an argument with my mom like almost immediately as like returning home, I got an argument with her and she said, give me your keys. And I was like, no, I own that car. I pay my own rent. I can drive back to Blacksburg right now, or we can have a nice weekend together. And, and like for her, like that was like, it was just like a weird thing. She's like, Oh yeah, I don't have that power anymore. I'm like, no, you don't like, I'm, but I would love to spend a weekend with you. I just can't take my car or my anything from me. You're, you're not the boss of me <laughs> yeah, anymore. Exactly. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> Well, nose nose taking a stand sometimes, right? Yeah. It's taking a stand for what you believe or your personal beliefs and values, and and there's appropriate appropriate times for that, and being able to say no, that's just not going to fly. You've got to be able able to do that as well, because if you're saying yes, you might just become the pushover, the runover, and you don't want to do that either. That's not going to serve you well, whether it's business or life, as you go down the road. If you if you're just the pushover. Well, one thing you're not, Corey, is a pushover. That's correct. You, well, the, and and I still say you're a manly man. Thank you. You're welcome. Despite what my business partner thinks about me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. All right. So we so practice repetition using the word no is a good way to get good at it. That was a terribly st- structured sentence. Yeah. Next time, just say it's a way to get great at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and and in all honesty, I believe that now the math is correct and that we are just about out of time. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So my poorly structured sentence this is pretty much how we're going to end this podcast. But um, Jeremy, tell our listeners how they can find you. The best way to find me is to go to redhawkcoaching.com. Again, it's redhawkcoaching.com. You can find access to my podcast, Survive Scale Soar podcast, the book, and more information about the coaching services that I offer. Yeah, and his podcast is great. He's a great interviewer. I was on, I was a guest on it um, a few months, weeks back, and it was really good. I was actually super impressed with how how good of an interviewer you are. I thought, man, I need to up my game as an interviewer. It was a great episode. We awesome. talked about some good things. We did. We had some fun. We had a lot of fun. Yes. All right. Well, we have to end the show. So uh, thank you to Jeremy and thank you to all of our listeners. And if you want to reach out to us and connect with us, head on over to our website, sbpace.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next Thursday on Defeat the Chaos at 9 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Business Channel.